If you're like me, you have some wine bottles in your home and you've probably put together a wine rack and maybe a tracking system. And what you have has probably been working. In today's episode, I'm going to give you some tips on how you can set your cellar up for success. And by putting just a bit of extra thought into how your cellar is set up at home, your wines are going to be maintained in a healthy location and be ready for you to enjoy anytime you're ready. As well, if you're starting to consider or potentially you already are collecting wines or starting to play with different vintages and how wines are progressing over time, then these tips are really going to help you set your cellar up so you'll have a system in place if you're starting to track wines that way. For those of you taking part in dry January this month, how are you doing? You've passed through your first weekend of the month. And if you've listened to last week's episode, you know that I am a fan. I think it's a great time to take a bit of a break, reset, and really take a look ahead to the new year of what you'd like to learn and wines you'd like to try. So if you haven't already listened to last week's episode, definitely check that out. It's got some great tips. And this week's episode goes right along with that. It's a great time of year to take a look at what you already have at home do an inventory, and get your wine set up for 2024. And so if you're ready to learn my expert tips for your home wine cellar, let's get started and dive right into today's episode. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Wine Top Talk. I'm your host, Maya Aaron Roser, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, welcome back. Now, for those of you who are new, you should know that I've been a professional Maya for over 20 years now, and it's my passion and my privilege to make learning about wine not only fun and easy, but also practical. Meaning, I want to make sure that you leave every single episode with some real-life tips that you can use right away to help you find wines that you are going to enjoy and be able to share with family and friends. Or in this week's case, you're going to leave with some real-life tips on how you can look after those wines that you're keeping in your home. On that note, let's get started with my first tip, and that's about the environment that you're storing your wine. So tip number one is about the location in your home. And there are a few things we want to consider when creating an environment for the wines at your home. If you're like me, I have some wines that I keep in my kitchen, and I have some wines kept in my basement and a bit of a cellar down there. So I'm going to give you some tips for both types of areas. The first thing to think about no matter where you're keeping your wines is temperature. Wines don't like to be too hot. They don't like to be too cold. Think of it a bit like Goldilocks. They want things just right. And just right for a wine is generally between 10 to 13 degrees Celsius, which takes us to about 55 degrees Fahrenheit. I call it cool castle temperature in that when you touch the bottle, it should feel cool to your hands, but we don't want it too cold. We're looking for that nice, consistent temperature. Wine also doesn't like a lot of big swings, so this is also a time to take a look. If you do have wines in your kitchen or in a dining room, just make sure they're not getting direct sunlight because that sunlight can very quickly take that internal temperature of your wines up quickly. And then we get into a matterized fault, which is basically your wine cooking inside the bottle if it happens often for long periods of time that they're in that heat. So something to think about, make sure that your wines are not by a heat source. Sometimes people have wine over their fridge in a rack. Watch the heat that's coming up from the back of the fridge. It might be warmer than you think. The other thing in the environment is humidity. We want to make sure that the wines have about 60 to 70% humidity. And the reason for this is we want to keep the corks moist. If you're lying your wines down, then the one side of the cork is going to stay wet, but the other side is going to dry out, especially depending where you live. I'm here in Calgary, Alberta, and Canada, and we're very arid. So 
it is very dry here. So something we do want to monitor is the humidity. And this doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need a fancy wine fridge, a plastic margarine container with some water in it close to the bottles that you just refill will help to keep the environment moist or give a little bit of water in that area. But something to watch for. This is also where if I talk about wine fridges for a minute, there's a difference between a beverage fridge and a wine fridge. Beverage fridge will not have a humidity factor to it. So it's a great place to keep things chilled. But that air is going to be circulating all the time. It's going to be very dry. So if you do have a beverage fridge, put a little dish of water inside of it just to give some humidity in the space and make sure that you're rotating those wines in and out. You don't want to use that as a long-term storage location for your wines. A wine fridge, a specific wine fridge, will have a humidity factor and you can cellar wines in there for longer periods of time. But a beverage fridge, just as a note, just know that you want to make sure that that dry air, you're not keeping wines in there too, too long. And by that, I mean past a few months that you want to be using those wines in that fridge rather regularly. And the last one is about vibration, especially if you're cellaring wines. So if you're getting into storing red wines and letting them age and trying them over time, then we also want to watch for low vibration. So if you live near where a subway is or a busy train, for example, just make sure that those wines aren't on a wall or they're really going to get vibrated all the time. And that's just to keep that sediment from stirring up in the bottle all the time is the reason we bring that up. So those are some tips about the environment. Now tip number two, and that's about the equipment that you're actually going to store your wines on. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to have a great place for your wines to rest. As much as wines can be pretty fancy, they're relatively low maintenance once we get them set up in a place that they like. And for your wines, you can definitely store them laying down. So if they have a natural cork, you can store them laying down. If they have a screw cap, it's going to be up to you depending on the wine. You can store them standing up. You can store them lying down. Sparkling wines, you can definitely store standing up because the liquid inside the bottle with those bubbles are basically a little humidifier. They're keeping that cork moist. You don't have to lie it down. And any fortified wine, so a port, for example, we can store those storing down. But if you are cellaring them for a long period of time, Know that the alcohol starts to break down the cork after a while. You're going to have to watch for seepage or cracks, but you'd have to be aging those for a very long time. But forts, you definitely can store standing out if you prefer. In regards to racking, here you want something secure, potentially screwed into the wall, depending on how high you're going. You can use everything from a milk crate to layer them in up to there are some beautiful racks, of course, that you can get for your home. But again, wine doesn't need fancy. It just needs safe and secure. Remember that wine bottles come in multiple different shapes as well. So if you are into German wines, for example, where there are long slender bottles versus the more globe-shaped burgundy bottles, sloped shoulders, make sure that your rack can hold the different varieties of wines that you are going to be putting in it. So something to consider. People will sometimes just use those square boxes with the, the wood cross in the middle, and then you have four sections to fill in. Again, those can work really well. Just some bottles wide more than others, so just be careful. And in those boxes, sometimes it's just handy to put a piece of felt or something as the bottom on it, so that bottom line isn't going to slide out depending on what the material is of it. Again, you want your equipment that you're storing your wines on to be safe for the wine. So you want to make sure that's secured. Does not need to be fancy or expensive. 
It just needs to be strong and secured and potentially attached to the wall because the last thing you want is for the weight of that to pull over and then you have a big mess and many tears over the wines on your floor. Tip number three is about having multiple bottles of some of your wine styles. Depending on what you have in your house, you probably have some favorite wines. And my recommendation is always to have at least three bottles of your favorite wines in the house. This helps for a couple of reasons. One is, is that if you have friends dropping over, you have a few extra bottles all the time. The other is that you can watch for sales that are coming up. So if you know you have a limit and it's the minimum amount of your favorite wines that you want to keep in your house, then you can just watch when they are on sale and you can pick up multiple bottles. But there's nothing worse than wanting to share a wine with a group of people and realizing you only have one bottle and that just won't be enough. So I always recommend having a few extra bottles of your favorite wine style. This is also a comment in regards to if you are getting into vintage-specific wines or you're picking up a wine and you want to try the different vintages as it ages. So maybe you've picked up the 2008 vintage of something and you're going to try a bottle this year, then you're going to wait for to try another bottle in two years. So you want to give yourself room in the space that you're allocating for your seller to be able to store those extra bottles and keep them safe during that time. But in my personal expert opinion, I think you should always have a few extra bottles of white, a few extra bottles of red, and of course, a few extra bottles of bubbles on hand because you never know what day you want to celebrate. Now, tip number four, this is about tracking. So you have these wines in your house. How are you going to keep track of them? This can be an app that you love, a piece of paper on a thumbtack by your seller. It can be an Excel sheet on your computer. Whatever you feel comfortable with, however you like to use it, I will highly recommend that you do something that works for you, that you start making a list of what are the wines you have in your house. And this is a great job if you are cleaning the house and getting things set up during January. And if you're participating in dry January, it's a great time, like I've mentioned before, to do an inventory of your wines. You want to write down, make some columns for reds, whites, sparkling. We want to take a look at the vintages of the wines that you have and make notes to yourself of when do you want to drink these wines. Sometimes, just like with clothes, we bring more in than we are consuming and we forget about some wines that we have. And you could have some gems on your wine rack that you've forgotten about that are going to reach potentially a peak drinking experience time that you may miss. So just remember to take some time set up a tracking system, whatever works for you. There's no perfect way to do it, but you definitely want to make sure that you are recording the vintage date, when you purchased it. I like to put down the price just for curiosity, especially if I'm aging wines. And if there's a drink by date that you want to make a note of, this is something you want to write down and give yourself a place for notes. So depending on how you're using your tracking system, this could also be a place where you're making your own notes or putting down your favorite pairings for those wines as well. But tracking the wines that you have, it also helps you build your next time we're out shopping list for that as well, because you're going to have a list of what you have and you'll be able to easily pick up what you need when you're out. And my final tip that I'll share with you today is about maintaining the wines in your cellar. A lot of times we put the wines in the cellar, we know our equipment and we've created a perfect environment, but we forget to look at the actual bottle sometimes. And this is just a really good thing to do. You might want to do it every quarter, maybe when you change your batteries and your fire alarms in your house, for example. But you want to check that the bottles are in good condition, that you don't have any corks, especially if you're aging some wines. 
you have any corks that are drying out or starting to seep through and you're starting to have some oxygen go into those bottles. So just a little bit of loving care. Dust those bottles off. If you are aging some reds, give those bottles a bit of a quarter turn. What that does is it moves the sediment inside the bottle. So just turn your red wines a bit if you want. And that just helps keep the sediment just from not forming into a solid block on one side of the bottle. It also means that if you do want to pull it out for a special occasion, they're not going to be sort of layered with dust or you know that the bottle is going to be healthy when you go to get it. It won't be a surprise if you haven't touched that bottle for a few years, for example, if it's been one of those bottles on the bottom of your rack. So definitely just a little bit of loving care, whether it's every month, every quarter, every six months, whatever you decide is right for you. But a little bit of love and attention to that bottles in your wine cellar will help a lot. We'll just give you that extra little bit of comfort that all of your wines are in healthy condition and just waiting for you to choose the right day to bring them out and enjoy them with your friends and family. Let's just do a recap about what we've covered today. We talked about creating a location for your wines and making sure that it's cool, not too cold, not too hot. Also talked about how important humidity is so that it keeps the cork moist and in good condition. We talked about thinking about the equipment that you're using in the wine racking. We talked about how you're going to track your wines and keep a record of them. Then we talked about how I feel it is important that you have a few extra bottles of your favorite wines on hand. And then I just spoke about keeping those wines safe by doing a maintenance check-in, if you will, giving a little bit of loving care to those bottles, dusting them off, twisting the reds, making sure all the corks are working properly. And it's always a good thing to do at least a few times a year, in my opinion. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode and you've got some helpful tips out of it. And whether you're a budding collector or a seasoned connoisseur, these tips will help everybody. I hope that you have found some value in them and they're going to help you create a home cellar environment that is good for all styles of wines, whether you're a favorite everyday drinking wine or you're starting to get into some of those collectible styles or a few special bottles you want to keep safe. You're going to set up an area that you know is welcoming and safe for any style of wine bottle that you choose to bring home. And as a reminder, each one of those bottles is a story. They have a story from the vineyard, from the winemaking, from the region there they're from. They're a piece of history that you've brought into your home. And it's not just about storing the wine. The wines are there to share their story with you, but also to help you in creating cherished memories with your family and friends. These are a part of the flavor experience and journey and they're just waiting for you to pick the right time to open them up and bring them to your table. Again, if you haven't had a chance to listen into last week's episode where I shared some tips on how you can use the time during January if you're participating in dry January or not to reset and refocus your wine vision, if you will, for 2024 and what you'd like to learn about and try. There's some great tips from last week's episode and I'll put the link below if you'd like to sign up. I have a monthly newsletter that will begin to come out next week where I'll be sharing some wine pairings and tips delivered right to your inbox once a month. So if you're interested in signing up for that, you'll find the link below in the show notes. So on that note, I want to wish you a wonderful week. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. New episodes come out every Tuesday. And of course, come say hi on Instagram or TikTok, where you'll find me at Wine Girl Academy, where I'm sharing lots of helpful tips as well. Cheers to you. Bye now.